Hello, Clinton, can you hear me? I certainly can hear you. I'm here. I just wanted to, <laughs> I changed my, uh, <laughs> my surroundings. Um, so I know it's Ronan, but I wanted to say again that my name is Zika, so you would know. And I wrote to you, maybe it is possible to translate your book to Hebrew. But I don't know if you have uh, seen that. I wrote you a message in the internet. Uh, can you tell me what's the process? Yeah, write to me. I'm going to give you an e my email address. That's better than the internet. Okay. So I'm writing it in the text thing here. Okay. Yeah, because I don't. I don't get messages very well from Facebook or anything like that. Okay, so I will write it. And there's a whole procedure. And uh, the best thing that I would propose just in this minute now is if you, if you get a team to do it, like one or two other people with you to, to do it, because it's a lot. It's really a lot of... Uh, our experience is that it's a lot of liquid states doing the translating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'll give you one more hint, which is just on the uh, Spark Translators website. Um, that website there, Spark Translators website, they there's some, a whole multi-language possibility management dictionary that we've been building. And some words, we, I think we have a few words in Hebrew. Anyway, when you're ready to put the Hebrew words in to the dictionary, I'll give you a link and you can just access the website yourself and put the okay. Hebrew words in for the whole world to use. Okay. Yeah, so let's talk far, further. We can have a call or something. Great. Thank you. Yeah, great. Are you able to change your name on your screen there? The, this name is the name of the computer. Ronan is my uh, boyfriend, and it's just his computer. Yeah, so you just <laughs> click on the little box up in the right corner of your, of your window there, and, okay. it, and then gives you the option of, I think, of changing your name. Rename. 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 Wow. Yeah. And after that, you can, <laughs> then you can change it back afterwards. And then everybody knows, everybody can see your name. It's okay. It's just only me using it. So <laughs> it can stay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you. Um, I, uh, I think we're... We're starting right here in the middle of a wild conversation between Kay and <laughs> Jeff and Nicole and some other people. Who? Somebody else? Mark. Um, Mark, yeah, Mark. Lisa. Lisa also, okay. Maria. Yeah, so why don't you guys, will you just, uh, just talk about that? for a couple minutes here, just so we can kind of come into the same space with you, because I think it's a fabulous space to 
go into. Can, are you willing to do it? Kay, maybe Kay, you could just start. Yeah. Um, I've been part of two communities that, <clears throat> and I live in one now, where one was run and started by a woman and this one was started by a man, but over the 50 years that it's existed, they've come to learn, try different things and, and what works and what they have lived by and come to is that, um, I, I'm afraid to even say this. I was afraid to write it in the chat, but this is this is their philosophy that uh, that men get behind the goals of women and produce for women, and that it's like the happiest that everybody can be. <clears throat> and so I've been fascinated and enamored of that idea. And then I heard. Uh, this Alarian Mercury speak a couple of weeks ago at that embodiment conference. <clears throat> and they had a gathering in Hawaii with all the indigenous leaders of the world of you know the state that we're in and what is going to get us out. And what he said is it's the women who know what how to create something brand new. <clears throat> and it's the role of men now in these times to get behind the women to create spaces where women could do their work. <clears throat> and so what I posted in the, in the WhatsApp group was how to inspire men. Because every time when I say this to women, the women are like, oh yeah. When I say it to men, <clears throat> um, well, I, well, actually they're also excited. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when Mark said what he said, kind of like, I don't know what to do. Like, I know patriarchy is any, I don't know what to do. It's like, well, here's what you could do. Help the women. And then Jeff, and then you echoed it. And then Jeff came on and then, yeah. And then I started crying and um, just like, wow. Well, I'd like to share that the last 24 hours have been really interesting. And I, I'm going to take back that word because I don't like that word. Um, they've been just magical because it started yesterday with uh, a trip over to this hotel near where we're staying to go take our usual Sunday 1030 yoga class. And it turns out that the class was full. So a group of five women were left out of the class and me. And I, we just decided to go to another shala next door and just practice. And I ended up leading the practice. And over the last um, two, two weeks or longer, I've just, I've been, it's really been this whole year, been connecting so much with this uh, power of bringing men together to do work and it all became so clear yesterday in that session that I've been doing the work so that now I can hold space for a group of women and it's was such a special feeling because that's really what 
I think this is all about. And then we sat for lunch and um, this butterfly came flying around, beautiful blue butterfly. And it landed on this woman's deck of cards who was at the table next to us. And her deck of cards was a spirit animal deck of cards. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't make this up. And um, so I went up to her and I asked her, can I, can I please see the, the book and read the butterfly? And so I, I read it and I'll just read it to you. It says, the energy of the butterfly is with us during periods of transition. Since air is the element of the heart, this change usually involves relationships, or if you love your job, perhaps your career. Since transition is accompanied by some amount of discomfort, be extra patient and kind during this time, especially if the butterfly is you. Let solid friends and activities support you like a cocoon, committing to one daily routine, a meal, practice, or prayer done at the same place and time will do wonders for lifting a butterfly's spirit. And it gets even more interesting because over the past two weeks, I've been get, becoming very comfortable with the idea of leaving my comfortable uh, job that I've been working at for uh, a long time. And that pays me very well um, in, in a commitment to myself and to commit, you know, committing 100% of my energy to the projects that are so important to me that I've not been attending fully to. And last night, I was in a workshop on manifesting miracles by this amazing man named Richard Gordon, who is the guy who created Quantum Touch. And he walked us through this meditation practice of how to manifest miracles. And so I got the, the, the message about the work that I'm doing and how important and meaningful it is, the message about it's time to commit fully to it and make the transition the action of what to do to do it. And today I told my CEO that I'm gone, that uh, it's time for me to go. And that's been the last 24 hours. And that just happened. And I feel this just Taurus of incredible light energy. I'm so happy to be here. I want to tell two stories. One is, uh, and Chloe has, in a, a couple of days ago, a few days ago, she went into this liquid state and it was untriggered. It was kind of like a general field her one of the fields of one of her spaces that she holds was has was going dead or going chaotic or something in the trainer path and so you know i'm the guy who who fixes things and so i'm but i kept my mouth shut because you know the our whole game world called possibility management kind of went as far as i could take it and then got stuck a couple of years ago. And then it, 
and Chloe came around and she wanted to be supported as a new trainer to learn how to become a trainer and the support was not there. And so, so I had failed to create a game world where there was support for new trainers. So what she did was built a trainer path for new trainers all over the world to come in. So she built that and she built it in a way that was her, the best of her ability, which was building space for it. And so the thing is, it's just fabulously working. And then there was something not working in her design. And so again, she went into this internal creative liquid state that I, I don't, you know, I don't know, I know I can't do anything except hold space. And she, she comes out of it yesterday and goes, I'm killing part of the game world. I'm gonna kill one of the circles and I'm gonna force the people. See, the thing is she had a global circle and regional circles for the trainer path and people were unconsciously giving their authority and center away to the coolness factor of the global circle, creating a hierarchy. And she says, I'm killing the hierarchy by destroying the, by dismantling the global circle. What a cool thing. You know, I could never have, you know, I'd come up with that. So all I'm doing is like holding space for the liquid state, for the genius of the, of the feminine to come forth like that. And so I just um, stand behind the theory that the feminine has the future. If we can, if we can make it safe to unfold and redesign it. And I, I want to share another kind of miracle that just happened. And it's not so much with the feminine, but it's, it is in a way because we just did an expand the box training in Portugal. And there was a guy who was really great guy. Really, I like this guy. He was straight. He was, he participated. He got a lot. And at the end of the training, he started writing these after the training, he started writing messages, like hundreds of messages from a manic sort of space to a bunch of different people. So after 128, a string of 128 messages, I just cut off and, you know, I, I asked him if, I, if he wanted to talk to me and he said, no, everything's fine. But he really was considering everything. You know, he, something broke open in him. In possibility management, there's this thing where where if you, if you step into the domain of possibility, then every option is an option. So that means including killing yourself at any moment. There's a, there's a spark, I think it's 95. There's a, a spark about, you know, your life doesn't, you know, the moment you truly consider suicide is the moment your life, your real life begins. And, and yeah, but you can't say that to somebody who's in a manic state. It just is, doesn't work. And so, so in what I did was listen, I just waited. You know, my, my normal state would have been the masculine thing of stepping in, proposing things, you know, trying to analyze the situation, create solutions, fix it. And I didn't do any of that. I just, you know, I basically prayed. And the guy's parents, 
flew from Portugal over to Germany and the mom wrote me this nasty letter and said, well, thanks to your quote unquote, wonderful expanded box training, our son is, is he, he's not like he was before, you know? And so they took him to a psychiatric hospital, but they did not give him drugs. And at that moment, he was through it. At the moment he was through it. And he, um, I called his mom, she wrote me this message. I called her up and I got him on the phone and, and, he, and he was fine already. He had already come back. And the fact that, you know, to trust this process, this breakdown and breakthrough process, and it can be so, so wild as that. You know, if you suppress all this ecstasy and joy and even fear and, and, and sadness and anger, this is all ec ecstasy in a way. Conscious feelings is ecstasy. And if we suppress that our whole lives, when like an expand the box training, you get it back. This can be, this can, this can go into tilt mode, you know, tilt like in pinball. And so, but then, but then that we're, we're so genius. There's this genius inside of us. And so I just was doing this whole feminine space holding, you know, being kind of being there and it worked. And uh, I'm just so grateful. Um, because it's scary business that we're doing. You know, this is scary stuff. We're doing transformation, authentic adulthood initiatory processes. And, and this means, you know, the rug is pulled out. The whole previous foundation for our, our self-image and self-experience is the rug is pulled out because it's all based in a child-oriented, gremlin-oriented capitalist patriarchal empire context. It's exterminating life on earth. Hello, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't fly. And so we got to take the whole thing apart, even in expand the box training, there's the parts of it just disappear, disappear because they're fake. And then when that happens, you know, then there's this, okay, can you get it together? And we can, we're designed for this stuff, but it's just, even for the trainers, it's kind of like Vera's there, you know, and, and um, and Chloe and the other people who are involved, we're all kind of biting our fingernails. See, all my fingernails are short. Actually, I just cut them with the fingernail clippers anyway. But it's like that. It's really, you know, little kids. We've got little kids growing up and starting over. And whoo, big stuff. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Something right now? Mark, do you do you have anything? Did your did your thing go further than what you wrote about? I've got I've got several <clears throat> experiments going on and most of them are gremlin box experiments. And this is new and very bumpy territory. <clears throat> so, um, and I don't think I'm done. I've given myself a couple months, but right now the big wrestle is 
I'm fighting the emotional uh, process process. And I want to so fight against it and say how not me it is. And rather than doing that and allowing that to be entrenched, I just made an agreement that I do it 10 times. And then I can complain about it all I want. And I haven't done 10 times, obviously. I've done one, and that one was pre the agreement. So I've got 10 to do. So, um, and I don't know when that will start, but when it does start, I imagine it'll be like, okay, I'm just going to wrap these out. So that's where I am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And hey, Mark, if you've got other experiments with the Grumman stuff that are, seem really cool for you, could you write them up short, short ways? Just write them up and send them to me. The experiments. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes. Want to say something like else to, right now? Yeah, I would like to share something and. I have to say, I'm very scared. Please speak up, Amber, or get closer to your microphone. Looks like Emma's frozen over there in Switzerland. You know, it's getting to be winter, so I understand. Okay, Emma, we'll get back to you when you connect in again. Somebody else have anything? I'd like to share something. Maria, go ahead. Um, oof. I've been in a liquid state probably since May, um, but um, something, and I shared a couple weeks ago just about being in the center of the wheel and like not feeling so run over by my emotions. And I'm going through something really challenging right now since Thursday that I've had to like really live in the gap between my box and my being in order to like continue to operate and breathe and take care of my child in this what, with what's going on. And a, about a week ago, I um, sent out an invitation to the first meeting of a women's circle in Santa Fe that I'd hold space for. And yesterday morning I woke up in like big, big fear and sadness and I was assigning it to what was going on in my life outside of this experience of of choosing to hold space for this group and I showed up to where we were going to do it and I would say my fear my fear felt like I was containing it physically I wasn't shaking but I mean like inside of my skin I was shaking and so I felt like kind of 50% fear and <laughs> it was just, it was just so amazing. Like I have felt 
so isolated here. Like I'm a new mom and we just moved here right before Valentino came and COVID and whatever. And I've just been feeling like this huge like hole in my life, um, even though I have like a lot of one-on-one -on -one friendships and this circle was full, like we were all in like a radiant archetypal space for two and a half hours, like doing weird voice exercises and like all leading each other. And like the leading and following mechanism was so fluid and we were all just there, like really there together. And we were all stars and it was just like, we were all bringing so much light to the space and it just like, it was just so beautiful and like out of this world. Um, and it was so simple. There were there were just like eight of us in a in a room in someone's house. It wasn't there was there was nothing like physically like spectacular about it. It was just like fireworks the whole time. So I feel totally transformed by that and amazed that regardless of what is happening, like how liquid I feel, and maybe especially because of how liquid I felt, I was able to hold that space very clearly and allow for all of this like light to emerge into this space and all of us to like step into our power and like bring everything we had to like share with each other in that experience. It, yeah, I just feel, I feel so glad for all of these distinctions that I can like step into these liminal spaces instead of like defining myself with mental like acuity around a certain set of circumstances it's like completely changed the game for me yeah thank you maria you look very different today i see it i feel different thank you maria there's a uh i think you could consider making this gap you can consider making this gap between your box and your being you can consider making that gap your new home and just it just takes a little repositioning or reorienting uh instead of trying to nail yourself down into a, an, a kind of understandable ordinary space is to is to just relocate your new home to this gap space in the gap anyway it's just an option an option I, the, there's just one thing about that um was with like a different set of like terms, but I have a friend who has like been living in this gap for quite a while now with his partner. And he talked about it, he came, they came over dinner the other day and he talked about it as like, just one day he started seeing his small self as just like a, an actor and like he could see his small self doing things, but not define himself by those things just kind of like watch them happen and just be in the 
essence of transformation and the his purpose here as a like to in order to transmute and transform whatever energy he chose to do to transmute and transform in this lifetime instead of like assigning himself to that small self just to look at it and kind of like the box in your hand like to see it wiggle around and freak out and not be like jostled by it because it's just like a 10 centimeter size thing in your hand and that yeah just hearing it from another perspective just clicked it all into place and I'm sure I'll crawl back into my box at some point again and get the reminder again <laughs> yeah thank you I think that's a great lead-in to what we'll be reading from the book today I'd like to crank through a couple pages because this is the last two sections from the ordinary part of the book. And then we'll start entering the extraordinary part of the book. And Blink so, on. yes. Can I share something before we start? Yeah, Amber, you're back, go ahead. Yeah, I'm back, I, I was caught. And so after, when I came back from Portugal, the, three times in a row, I met a man in the street, each time another one, and each time he, they fall flat on the floor. And when I'm saying this, my heart is really beating and it's, I mean, it's so, it's, it, it, the situation was so, it was so crazy because they literally stood next to me and they fall flat. And I did a healing process. I went, I went, I did a healing process last week and went back to the separation of my, with my ex-boyfriend. And it was a very powerful, deep healing process. And it felt like heart opening and making peace with men again, <clears throat> with men again. And Two days ago, I was back in the village, I was down in the village and I talked to somebody and somebody else joined and again a man. He walked up the stairs and he fall again flat on the ground before me. And then I was like, I mean, this is just really getting quite weird. And I, I hope that that gets bigger and bigger what a great thing for a man to fall down at a woman's feet. It's time. Don't, don't try to make that go away, Amber. Let it keep happening, okay? Just hold space for it and let them go through, let the men go through this. It's time. Okay, don't make it go away. Okay. I come back to you, Clinton. I, I'm, I'm, it's confusing me even more and my body's shaking now. I mean, this is just weird. This is just getting weird. And- It's only, Amber, it's only weird from an ordinary perspective. But why do they have to fall down? I mean, if they want, they can sit down, but the, I mean, they, they smash down to the floor. 
Great. How many men here, there's a lot of men, how many men here understand why that's necessary? Any men here understand why that's necessary? Does, does any of the men say something about it? Florian or Joseph or, or Felix or somebody? Why is that necessary? It, it's taken me many times of falling on my face or my ass to start to realize who I'm supposed to be for myself and for the world right now. Yeah, I mean, in trainings, we're teaching women to break men's noses, like with the carrot exercise. Okay, well, if they fall down and break their nose, hey, it's not, you know, you don't waste the carrots. Florian or, or Joseph or somebody else who had your hand up, Felix? Um, I just thought just to swap the dynamics, to, to get into a new space for herself, like a new space where there's a new perspective. Yeah, I think sometimes you just have to hit them in the head with a stick. So if they hit the floor, this is great. It's necessary. Felix, you had your hand up. Yes, it's, it's for to, to humble my, my man, being a man, um, to, to realize that, that the woman's archetypal world is so, is blasting me away. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you. Joseph, you had your hand up? Yeah, well, I feel that it's kind of a superiority, this collective field of superiority of men has to crumble in a drastic way. Yeah. So Amber, you should go to a football stadium or go to where the military is and just walk out in front and stand there. When they all fall over, just don't do anything. Just stay there. And let them let them come to themselves in a new way. Just just go to places where these men are standing around. You know, go to the financial district in the downtown in in Switzerland somewhere, and just let them fall over. Let them fall over. Okay. Also, I I don't think there's another route. I do not think there is another route for me to wake up. Yeah. Emma, did you see this note from Kay? She says, tell them your desire for the world, your vision, you know, tell them what's possible. Just, just while they're, while they're putting themselves back together, you know, just say, this is, there's another world possible. And just because you, a lot of people, a lot of people don't have the kind of imagination to, to see the vision. They just don't, I can't see it. And so if, when you say, when you see it, when you see it for yourself, it's so obvious. You think everybody can see it, but they cannot. And so when you see it, it's important to say it because it opens a door, it builds a bridge, paints the picture, people get the vision. So it's important to say it, just like Kay said. Thank you. Clinton, yeah. can I share? 
Go ahead. This is Mia. So we were out to dinner with some friends the other night and my husband said, my, my wife's a queen. She really is, she's a queen. And I have to figure out how to, how to, he didn't even have the words for it, but he was like, and I have to figure out how to like have a kingdom for her. He didn't say kingdom, but it was like, he was trying to say in words that he was looking for a way to hold space for me in a new way. And he didn't know that way yet, but he was trying to figure it out. That's all I wanted to share. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Phyllis, were you going to say something? Or were you just wiggling your hand? Okay, Ingrid, go ahead. I want to say I have really the feeling that what you shared, Amber, and what you all said, this calls me. There is a call for me, too. Thank you. Can you say more? It calls you for what? It, 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 it's touching, in a way, something which makes sense for me why I'm here on Earth. So I don't know if you caught it, Ingrid, in the WhatsApp group for the study group here, but there's a coalition of people coming together to maybe create a different group to investigate that further. So you might want to check that out. There was a six or eight people already joining up in that. I will do that. Okay. Thank you. And Chloe, anything? Vera, anything? Callista, anything? All right. All right. Loving your body. I think we sort of started this last time, but didn't make it very far. <clears throat> so I just like to cruise through this, these next two sections, and then we'll, we'll stop again for some more talk. I'm on page 102, section 5F, loving your body. Huge international corporations annually spend billions using high-tech psycho-emotional manipulations to hypnotize you into thinking that your body is not okay exactly the way it is. The reason companies want you to be forever dissatisfied with your face, your eyes, your hair, your skin, your, or your odors is so that they can forever keep you buying their products to rectify your deficiencies. They want your money, bottom line, end of story, they want your money. The reason companies keep trying to hypnotize you into dissatisfaction is because it works. Um, because we don't keep our center, we don't own our authority, we don't have our, uh, um, like our protected nano nation or the culture that we would love to live in, we're not safe. So we're not 
We don't have our feelings. And so they can do this to people. Corporate advertising budgets more than pay for themselves by the profit they generate from the cash you give them from your own bank account. Companies want you to try to make your body match the images that they manufacture of what a man or a woman should look like. What is hilarious is that these marketing moguls do not even look like their images themselves. We get hooked, quote unquote hooked, meaning our free attention gets trapped and our emotions mechanically react. That's what it means to be hooked. Your free attention is trapped and your emotions mechanically react. Again, there's this amazing website we've got up called reactivity.mystrikingly.com, which is so clear about the different kinds of reactivities. It's so important to detect that in yourself. Year after year, we read the magazines and we pour through the catalogs. And at some point, we begin to believe that we are defective. We look at ourselves in a mirror and we are shocked. What we see does not match the computer edited airbrushed photos in the media. Magazine people, these quote unquote magazine people are obviously rich, successful and happy. And we wanna be rich, successful and happy too, just like them. So if we don't look like them, we cannot be like them. So we examine ourselves in the mirror and we reject our body as it is. We reject it. So I just wanna say that when you reject yourself at a cellular level, you've got these diseases like Parkinson's disease or autoimmune deficiency syndrome, which is AIDS, you know, and the, um, What's that other one? Uh, there's these just self-destructive internally, you know, you reject yourself and, and that's a disease. You die, millions of people die from this stuff. We judge that something is wrong with us and then we pick and pick at our body. To compensate for our imperfections, we paint on an, a whole body mask. We color our body, curl it, tan it, muscle it, plump it, thin it, deodorize it, smooth it, shave it, tuck it surgically, paint it, suck it in, shake it, perfume it, cream it. And after all that, we cover it all up with clothes. I mean, you know, if you've, if you've seen pictures of um, indigenous cultures, for the most part, they're, they're mostly not covered up with clothes. Uh, the Himba people, I mean, the Himba people just in Africa, there's this tribe that they don't actually own anything except the jewelry on their body in, the, in their houses and stuff. There's completely undecorated. The only decorations they have are these jewels on their body, but it's really uh, a description of their status in the, in the culture. Uh, I, this is a weird little, Phyllis, you all right if I tell this little story about Baja, California, Mexico? So Phyllis was with a group of me and two other guys and another woman back in 1975. And we wanted to make our own school because we weren't learning what we 
learned at the university. We wanted to learn what we wanted to learn. So we decided to have our own unschool. And so we borrowed a piece of land that turned out to be at the very bottom tip of Baja, California, San Lucas. And we get there, it's the middle of nowhere and it's hot. And so basically there were five of us. We basically lived almost three months on the beach, completely naked. And it was just wonderful. It's, it was it's just a fantastic reference point in my life for what's possible. And then every time the local Mexican guy would ride up on his horse, he was our closest neighbor, to, he wanted to bring us some fresh eggs or something. We, we would have a Fernando alarm. He was, his name was Fernando, go, Fernando! And everybody would run and go put on some clothes and he would kind of slow down his horse and look down until we, he got close. But it was, it was just, um, really this whole, so we do all this stuff to our body and then we put clothes on top of it. It's just, it's just insane. But anyway, the goal of marketing teams is to make incessantly, un, to make us incessantly unsatisfied so that we never stop buying. To a large extent in Western culture, the businesses have achieved their goal. Our culture does not promote well-being. Our culture promotes trying to look good. There is a huge difference between these two. I mean, there are these big stores, we call them drug stores, but the, and a lot of times it's like Muller in Germany, these stores are just completely stocked from top, top to bottom with gooks and slimes, like basically creams and shampoos and deodorants and just gooks and slimes that, like the whole store is full of this stuff. And people, you have to have two or three in every village because they're so popular. People buy so much of this stuff. Advertising tells us that we will fail to attract a partner if we do not look good. Amazingly, we continue our neurotic body hatred even after we have been with our partner for five or six years, five or 10 years. So we keep doing this even after we're with somebody. This is where the false image syndrome becomes malicious. If we are convinced that our physical unacceptability of our physical unacceptability, then when our partner expresses their authentic appreciation of our body, we have to hate them because they are so naive. We cannot accept their love of our body because we ourselves refuse to love our body. You get this? Somebody says they're attracted to our body and we're convinced that our body is not attractive. We have to hate them because they're wrong. They're, they don't get it. We are right because we've been hypnotized and programmed. So if we give our authority to marketing departments of large corporations, then we conclude that our partner's love of our body must be manipulated as well. They cannot love our body when it is unpainted or unshaved because the advertising says that our body is disgusting when it is unpainted. Um, hold on a second. I just lost part of my page. Yes. 
But if our partner loves our body when it is painted, then they love what we know is a false image, a cheap fantasy. If our partner loves a cheap fantasy, then they are cheap and we lose either way. So our partner loses too. The loss is devastating. In, our, in modern culture, the false image syndrome is rampant. But do you get how it goes both ways? You know, if, if they love us unpainted, they're stupid because we don't love ourselves unpainted. But if they love ourselves painted, they are loving a false us. So then they're stupid also. So, so this whole, it's like having a, it's like having a, you're sending your kids to school. Like if you send your kids to public school, school invades your, your family life and takes it over. So in the same way, the, the whole self-image thing has invaded our, our personal lives and taken it over. Every bit of energy that we direct towards beautifying the little details of our mask is energy unavailable for nurturing our heart and feeding our soul or building our being. Where our attention goes, our energy flows. Our energy goes only one way or the other. When it is used, it is used. You have to ask yourself what you want. Do you want a relationship that is heart to heart, soul to soul, and being to being, or mask to mask? The way out is for us to stand in our basic dignity, nobility, and authority at a deeper level than modern culture programs us, and then deeper than modern culture can understand. This means taking back our authority and deciding that for no reason and without evidence, our body is beautiful and lovable exactly as it is every part of it. Our body, our physical body is where we get to be, where our being gets to be. Our body is alive. If we fail to declare our body's basic goodness, which is a phrase from Chogyam Trungpa, which is a spiritual teacher from Tibetan Buddhism, basic goodness. If we fail to declare our body's basic goodness with a simplicity that is beyond the grasp of cultural prejudice, we will only create neurotic conditions in our relationship that no amount of makeup can disguise. So get off it about your body. Your body is exactly what it is with its bulges, pockmarks, scars, its lack of tan, its wrinkles, its farts, its hairs, the moles, the smells, the aches and pains. Let your body be exactly the way it is through your unceasing and reasonless acceptance of your body unceasingless and reasonless acceptance of your body. Get off it. There are other more interesting things to pay attention to than trying to meet someone else's fantasy world expectations of what sexy looks like. You were born sexy. You still look sexy. 
go do something else with your life than trying to make, to fake a sexiness that is already there. Section 5G, I wanna just shoot through this. Okay, does anybody have anything about that last part? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I think, I think, I think. I wanna say something. Go ahead, Shannon. I, um, I worked for in media for almost 15 years and I was responsible for millions of dollars of ad, ad revenue um, uh, in terms of like creating video production videos for it. But um, what I wanted to say is uh, one, one, uh, one month uh, we got Kate Winslet for the cover of one of our magazines and her pictures came in and um, she had facial hair. She had this blonde facial hair and, um, and the art director was like, ah, oh, we're gonna have to take care of this photo. And I, and I, and I saw Kate Winslet's blonde facial hair and I, and I just thought, oh, it just made me settle into myself to see the humanness there. And um, since COVID, um, I haven't shaved. And, um, and I realized that like, and I haven't been using deodorant and because, um, we wear a mask. I don't even take care of the like the facial hair, and um, and I'll tell you something that with my armpit hair grown in, I don't need deodorant. Like when it's when it's short and you're shaving it all the time, like I was really smelling it. I was like, wow, and it's been like I feel like this COVID time has really been an exploration into accepting my body as it is like just as it is. And, um, and I, and it, there's, there's a part of me that feels so sad for all the time that I didn't. Mm. And, um, and there's one more thing I wanna share. Um, I participated in, in an ayahuasca ceremony a few years ago and um, it was only women. And much like your beach story, for whatever reason, somebody took off their clothes and we all took off our clothes and we were by the fire. And there was this young girl and she stood in front of me and we just looked at each other's bodies. And she was a hot yoga instructor. And she and I were talking and she said, you know, she said, when you came into this room, I judged you, I judged you. And I thought, oh, that woman's lazy. And, um, and she said, but you're beautiful. And she said, she said that, she's like, you created this body. This is your body. And it's a reflection of everything that you've been through. And so to hear your words in the book, it really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, I, and I, I appreciate that, that this is coming up right now. Thank you. Thank you. I like to share that when my anger comes up, it goes directly here. And there's a topic here that's not being touched, which is how much this uh, impacts the planet. Because mm -hmm. every, every square centimeter of whatever is used to bring this to you and, and everything that, that it, that, that it takes to, to create every single product bullshit that we don't need is, a 
little piece of the earth that gets destroyed. And that's, is like, for me, you know, it was about uh, the, the universe handing me my Dharma through, through barefoot living. And so important for women to know that like your body's fucking perfect. You don't need to make it taller or elevated or anything or change the shape of your foot whatsoever. And God has landed so deeply in me over the, over the two years. So it started being about moving better, but it, I realized so quickly that it really had nothing to do with that. Everything to do with the fact that we don't need anything. We don't need products. And so now I don't cut my hair. I don't use soap or any cleaning products. And I've never felt more alive. And it's just magic. It's really that word is coming up quite a bit these days. <laughs> Thank Jeff, you. I want to say something. I, you know, I started reading the book that you recommended, um, King, Warrior, Lover, Magician. What's what's the title? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, and I and so as I got to into it, I was like, oh wow, you know, I've only been in relationship with children, and and so what kills me about the media is these, you know, the young men are are getting this. The, and the women, like they're, they're just like, it's worse than ever. The, the what's what's being inculcated into their minds and 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 the, the false expectations around that, and and the lack of relationship that that's creating, and um, and the Tinder and the Bumble and and so there's and there's no courtship anymore, and um, it, and and just yeah. So um, whatever this group is, I I haven't seen the last post, but um, but I'd like to very much. I, I'd like to say something here about this um, in terms of, you know, the trajectory of this sense over the course of my life as a young person, I, as I was becoming a sexual being, I went and lived in Europe and it was very different there from uh, what it was in the United States. And I recommend this essay, The Cult of the Narissima, which is about American hygiene issues um, that was written, I think, in the 70s, maybe. Um, but it touches this. And now I feel that my cohort there in Denmark that I was originally connected with that gave me a new orientation they have gone on to assimilate what I identify as those American tendencies. And that this thing is growing across the globe. Um, and I feel its origin is in our culture. Or, well, if you're American and it's bigger there. And I feel some responsibility as an American for that. Um, yeah, Lisa, maybe it's time for a new, an updated article. Maybe you could do an updated article. I don't think people get it that it's still spreading. Would you do that? Would you? I think you have a sword about that stuff. You could do it. Yes. 
Cool, let us know, all right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hmm. It's such a great thing to hang out with you guys in silence even. There's so much respect for the space and each other. I just appreciate that a lot. I told Aunt Chloe the other last week or something, I said, we should just turn this thing on and just keep looking at each other for an hour and not say anything. Just let the connections feed us in a way. I'm gonna read section 5G, brain chemistry. This is the last section before the last, is the exit door from the ordinary domain. My name is Andra and I would like to speak if you would let me. Depends, depends. Uh, probably yes, just allow us the opportunity to interrupt you if you're gonna go off topic or too long, okay? Okay, thank you. Go ahead, welcome, welcome to this group, go ahead. I would like to share with you where I am right now. I am very new to this group and I came here to explore the possibility management. And right now I feel a lot of fear to share with you because this is very, very new to me. And while I am listening, I feel a lot of tension because hmm, what I perceive is a very clear image what is right and what is wrong. But I'm very afraid that in this image there will be no uh, space for me, for my, my authenticity, that I will be judged, that I am unworthy. So this is uh, what is very, why it is very hard for me to listen to uh, the stories and to, uh, from the book, because there is a very clear way how it is. But still behind this, I feel something like higher intention that bring me here about that our world needs to change. And I feel that we all are trying our best to do this. And I want to be part of it too. So I had to do this to, uh, to stay with you because uh, otherwise it be too hard to, for me to stay here without uh, bringing myself in. Thank you for listening. Would, would somebody like to speak to Andra just a little bit, it would not be appropriate for me to be saying anything probably. Mark, go ahead. I relate to what you're saying. I can feel the fear. 
I've been there. I just wanna say that you're correct. There is something here. And sometimes it's really hard to see because we're so used to seeing what the outside world is offering us. We're used to the advertising. See if you can be in that space of the unknown and the fear and see if that can be okay. Thank you. There's a note somewhere that says if you're, the new people who come into this group have to kind of jump onto a moving train. This is the 31st or 32nd week that we've been meeting together as a group. Can you imagine that? 30 weeks. We're only on page 100 in this book. There's five fucking hundred pages in this book. We're going to be together for a long time. <laughs> so we've, we've already been through kind of a lot. It's like a big washing machine. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you're welcome to look at previous groups. A lot, a lot of the have been recorded and they're online. So if, there's been a lot about feelings and emotions and the difference between feelings and emotions. And we have a kind of agreement with each other to help each other through emotional reactivity processes, emotional reaction. It's actually emotional healing processes. And so when, um, and a number of the people here have also been through a training called expand the box training, which is a, has a whole lot of clarity and experience about inner navigating uh, anger, sadness, and, and fear, and joy, and making use of that in a, a very effective and conscious ways. And we help each other with that. So that this is a healing team in a way. So as you, if you stick around and continue, um, it might, you might find yourself asking one or, you know, somebody say, could I, could somebody take me through this emotional healing process that has to do with this fear of some authority having a right way. And if I don't follow the right way, then I'm rejected or punished or something like that. And that would be possibly an emotional healing process. One of many that almost all of us have to go through from our childhood or past lives. And so there's, so thank you for speaking, Andre. Yeah, Divyamshu, you wanna, you wanna say something, Divyamshu? Yeah. I want to say, speak to Andra because we were together for the last three days in a community building process. And there were several people I had this feeling, maybe I should invite them to possibility management. And Andra, you were one of them, but up to now I didn't do it. And I think some things I don't have to do. They're just being done. <laughs> I'm very happy that you're here and we cordially welcome you here. And as the other speakers spoke before, the train is moving quite fast and if you jump on a fast train it slashes you against the door but if you get your things together you will realize this train is amazing thank you for taking the courage thank you david i'm sure <laughs> great
Okay, here we go, brain chemistry. <clears throat> Thoughts affect our feelings. Feelings affect our brain chemistry. Brain chemistry affects our thoughts and feelings. It is an amazing mess. Brain chemistry is a profitable field of play for researchers at the large pharmaceutical companies these days. They are trying to develop a pill that modifies brain chemistry to make us unconditionally happy. Unfortunately for them, but fortunately for us, the human body is not unconditionally anything. The human body is a skin sack wrapped around a saltwater jelly computer. The gray slimy organ in our head is the most complicated structure yet discovered in the universe and is designed to evolve. Evolution is a state of flux, not a state of stasis. Most of our original models of the brain, life, physics, and the universe start with the assumption of steady state conditions. Steady state conditions are purely theoretical because everything is in flux. So Heraclitus in 500 BC, in whatever language he was speaking, Greek maybe, he said this thing, panta re, which means everything flows. Humans are still generating theories and models for dealing with systems in flux. What we mostly end up with are estimations about how things should be and the observation along with a curse that things are only seldom that way. For example, in Western civilization, we have somehow gotten the idea that our goal in life is to be happy. In other cultures, such an idea is childish, short-sighted, and immature. Happiness is irrelevant because the context of life is living life rather than trying to limit the experience of life to only one of the four feelings. In other cultures, the idea of trying to be happy is as silly as a dog trying to catch his own tail. Happiness is recognized as the basic condition and experience of human ex existence. We start out and remain inorganic joy. Why should we try to be what we already are without trying? In many ways, our Western culture is crazy making. Trying to be happy is one of the ways we drive ourselves crazy. The fact that three quarters of our daily feelings are classified as negative, such as fear, anger, and sadness, it leaves us in a quandary somewhere between massive denial of what we undeniably feel in our physical body, our emotional body, and massive self-criticism in which we worry deeply about trying to solve the quote-unquote serious problem of having a quote-unquote negative feeling 
that is actually is not serious, not negative, and not a problem. The invitation here is to simply let the brain do its thing. If we are on the path of evolution, we can reasonably expect that our brain chemistry will periodically fluctuate all over the map. And we will encounter the feelings of anger, sadness, fear, and joy several times every day. We can simply feel the feelings and distinguish the feelings from emotions. And just because we are feeling depressed does not mean we have to blame our partner for causing our depression. And just because we are feeling angry does not mean we have to throw the dishes on the floor. And just because we are feeling ecstatic does not mean we have to quit our job and move to New Zealand. How ridiculous. No matter what mood you are in, no matter what bit, you can be sure it will change. By paying objective attention, you will notice that nothing remains the same. Another hint that will help create clarity about brain chemistry and relationship is to notice your use of the concepts of words like never or always. Never or always are produced by a mind that can imagine perfection. When we use the concepts of never or always in regard to our life and relationships, these are very strong thoughts and delusional, actually. Consistent use of strong, hopeless thoughts like, you never listen to me, you always think of yourself first, I never get to do what I want. I always have to give in to your needs and so on. Definitely generate chemicals in our brain. With the words never or always, which I call them fake words, never and always are fake words. Thoughts you can, um, with never and always, by thinking never and always, you can talk yourself into depression in almost no time. In reality, never or always do not exist. Life has more exceptions than rules. The box, which is our psychological defense strategy, uses impossibly perfect concepts like never or always as weapons for fortifying its own defenses. And as we get into it, we will find that this is the gremlin doing this. The gremlin is the part of ourselves that's using things like never or always. You should be extremely suspicious if you ever hear or use these words in your communications, never and always. Thoughts or mental sentences that include the words never or always are strategic box lies designed to support the internal politics of perception and box favoring positions. So we're just trying to defend ourselves. Learn to identify self-deceptive always and never thinking loops and make it a practice to exit those loops immediately. So this is about catch yourself. Catch yourself whenever you are thinking those things. Self-observation, catch yourself, never or always comes up. It's something else going on. Where does this leave you? Through accepting the tides of feelings and brain chemistry, you liberate your free attention and have greater permission to explore 
intimacies in your relationship. I just want to say, for example, like uh, this thing that went on with this guy who was at the expand the box training and I didn't know what condition he was in and I was worried about him and, and Chloe could just see that I was not kind of jolly. I was concerned. And so she, she's had enough experience with hanging around me that, that her reaction to that was basically to give me a hug. So that was it. She didn't try to solve the problem or analyze the problem or rationalize the problem or say, you have no control over the situation or whatever, whatever, whatever. It was simply, uh, this will pass. And there's a sentence, feelings, feelings pass like gas, which is like farts. So feelings pass like farts. So if you just stay connected and wait a little while, it will be different. Things, things will not stay the same. So, so unless there's, unless the person is doing this loop, unless you have this always never loop going on, and then you have to go to Spark 135 and check out the demons that are sucking out your life energy using always and never sentences. This stuff is something we learned after we wrote the book. So, so where does this leave you? Okay. You will not stay stuck in having to behave in a certain way as a reaction to what you are experiencing if you just wait for a second and observe. You no longer get trapped in always or never loops. Yours or your partner's, these are big liberations. So when you notice the always or never loops and just, you just it's like a, it's like a roller coaster coming by. The roller coaster goes in these loops. Well, you don't have to get on the roller coaster. You know, the roller, it's going to do its thing, but you don't have to get on. The further we move along the path of evolution, the greater the depth of the reordering we go through. As surface layers are explored and healed, a greater freedom of movement is experienced. At the same time, more profound layers of the box come to the surface for transformation. As we slowly work our way through the labyrinth of evolution, the capacity emerges for undertaking more complex and sophisticated experiments. Projects and relationships evolve away from mere personal survival into broader, more service-oriented world-level games. So as you can see, we're moving from ordinary to extraordinary. That's where we're going with this. With diligence, we can prepare ourselves for surfing or rolling with the vaster forces of evolution that will enter our lives. This is not might enter your lives. This is will enter your lives. You, the echo, the Earth Coincidence Control Office does not, it does not ignore potential. So when potential is there, you'll, you'll get the projects, you'll get the jobs, you'll get the, the evolution of your game world will happen because you've built up the potential. So I just want to say that again, with diligence, we can prepare ourselves, I mean, we are preparing ourselves for surfing on or rolling with the vaster forces of evolution that will enter our lives and sooner or later along the way, we will get interested in creating extraordinary human relationship.
Wow, page 105. We just made it to part three, the extraordinary. This is like leveling up. We are leveling up, people. In this game, we're going to the next level. We have made it 31 weeks and we're leveling up. Yay! <laughs> extraordinary human relationship. Whoa. Well, let's pause for a minute. Is anybody, why don't we just kind of take a review? I mean, this has been a, a this has been a journey so far. What, anybody want to share any stories about how the journey has been so far? I mean, most of you guys, many of you guys have been with us since the beginning and it's been a wild ride. So what, anybody have any stories to tell about how it's been going? Like what, what's, what you've noticed in yourself or what you're still doing here or whatever like that? Anybody have stories? I have a story. Maria. I have a lot of stories, but I'll just tell one. Um, this last piece about um, physical body is, is kind of a great place to end this section, or it is, I mean, it's perfect because it is the way it is, but also, um, Something came up in the shares after that piece that inspired this question in me that I've been, or like brought it forward about, um, like accepting what is versus saying this doesn't work for me. And like, it's been a huge, I'm navigating a lot of fear. Um, it's been a huge, part of this journey for me, like the transformation of my romantic partnership with the father of my child is like, like noticing that there are lots of things that I don't accept about him and expectations that I have of him as a partner and as a parent. And this, the awareness that I came to with that last section was about where my responsibility is that everything I have, I chose and I chose it so that I could see what I see or that I could reflect on what I reflect on and what I reflect with. And yeah, it has something to do with not self-acceptance, but um, accepting that I'm choosing everything that is in my field and that I'm creating the reality that I'm living in and that I'm responsible for creating the reality that I want to be living in piece by piece and no one else is responsible for that but me. And so I was texting with a friend earlier about something she was going through and I realized that the only person I still blame for my problems is him. <laughs> that there, are, I like, I don't blame my mother anymore or my father. I don't blame any of you. I don't blame any of my friends. I don't blame my child. I don't blame the government. I don't blame the patriarchy, but I still blame John Mercer for so many things. And that is such an amazing gift that has like brought me the potential of like reflecting on my expectations and my awareness. Um, 
yeah, just that I chose him. Like I chose him to help me, like to to highlight all these things that I'm working on right now and to bring them into like so, so loud that I could hear them. And now they're like, and now that the relationship has shifted and I'm have more space from it, I can see all this matrix that matrix that was built as a result of the pain that I experienced of traveling through this space with him and resisting so much. So yeah, I guess it is about like putting down the voices and like finding the tools to be in the gap so that whenever like intimacy is possible, I can create the space for that. Knowing that even if it hurts, it will be for in service of transformation. Thank you. I want to, I want to share this um, recollection, I guess, of this, as we're doing the review of this time where some people from this study group did um, an archetypal feminine talking to archetypal masculine and then the opposite. And for me, it was in, in a pivotal point in my personal journey where I was, I was in the process of, or forfeiting my underworld um, hatred with men, and and to um, to come out. I remember so clearly Nicole in the second call um, saying that it's that it's, that that was not the end that it wasn't the end to um, to hate men. It wasn't the end to, um, to be righteous about the oppression of patriarchy or the, what I have suffered or what women had suffered. And, and, and to, to see that, that space in me and, and the quality of, of presence and of listening from, from the men in the room and the, the silence, the absolute silence in the second, in the second um, call, just totally, it really helped me shift to really help me shift. Okay. What do I really want? Do I want to continue to blame men? Do I want to continue to hate men? Do you want to, or do I want to do something else? And it kind of, it was like putting this um, stick on the ground, um, and say no, I'm I'm committed to something different, and so I that was a major pivotal point for me during this time together. Thank you. Thank you. I have a friend who's visiting me. And she's been visiting me at least once or twice a year since 2017. And I said to her, I said, isn't it amazing? Yesterday, we just mostly sat in silence together. And I observed that when she first started coming, 
most of our conversation was around my victim stories, around my past relationship. And now it's, it's about concepts that I've learned in this space, sharing them with her and exploring them and being in our beingness instead of being in, low, in a low drama triangle. And it's, it's so beautiful to be in connection, in relationship, in beingness and not in like fucked up stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I mean, think about this. We just spent a hundred pages and 30 weeks going through um, the deepest, ugliest, kind of most despicably accurately described parts of our underworld um, that, that we could do. And, and the results are angelic. I mean, the, the results are transcendent almost. You know, we haven't even started in the extraordinary part of the book, let alone, I mean, I don't, we're going to have to get whole new electronic systems to be able to stay online while we're having these future conversations. I know, I don't know if they've developed that stuff yet, but, but it's like, you know, it's like this guy Lee Lozowick used to say, digging through the mud to get to the sky, digging through the mud to get to the sky. And, it, and in a way, that's what we've been doing together. And so it's, it's, so, it's just um, an incredible thing. Like the more aware we become of the things that we weren't aware of before, we get choices that we didn't have before. And we're choosing to explore in this new territory, the extraordinary territory, before we even have the license to do it. Before you're certified to go in extraordinary, you're already doing it. So I'm looking forward to what's happening next. Hopefully it's not some kind of reverse thing, but who knows? I would like to share where I'm at now. Uh, what is calling me most deeply is the radical responsibility to begin the journey. Uh, it came from the words, I think from Maria, about the blaming someone and I was questioning who am I blaming for what has happened to me and I'm blaming the life itself that I had so many wishes that were beyond my ability and they weren't fulfilled. There were so many uh, things that happened that just I couldn't influence and the life let it happen. Now I am with a question is it true? What, what is really there if I don't have some part in what had happened? I would like to explore it more deeply. Is it calling me? Thank you. Ingrid. Yeah, when I, I, I'm in the group uh, from the second meeting on. And um, what I notice at the, 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 the yeah, some, some, something really unexpected for me, I noticed uh, over the time 
that when something is I'm really angry about or really I'm I'm in anger or in fear or both, um, then I I stay usually uh, so so that, that is something there's there's something and I'm there, and 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 what I what I experience now that is I did I do an energetical shift in the moment I notice this confrontation. And what I do is I go on this side. And this is changing my life. Really. It's so beautiful. Can you say more? Can you say more about that? Like how you go on this yeah. side. Yeah, I, I think before what my gremlin loved being in confrontation and, and thought even or tried to convince me that I need to have a, a, an, an own point, an own standing point, something like that. And this kept me in a confrontation energy. And, and, and then it was really, it, the, 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 or when, yeah, it's, to accept of a moment of complete humility, complete not knowing where I am, and then really navigate to on the other side, energetically, I can't tell you more, energetically on the other side, and then suddenly there is space. There is space. It's like you're agreeing with the disagreement. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's almost like radical trust in the Earth Coincidence Control Office, radical trust yeah. in Echo. And you say, Echo has given this person across from me to a conflict with me. So I'm going to trust Echo so yeah. much. I'm going to agree with their criticism, their judgment. And you go over there and go, God, yes. It's yeah. totally say more about that and uh, write it down and thank them. And it's like, there's no more conflict. <laughs> yeah. I'm say radical surrender. I mean, yeah. you know, the surrender thing is really close to a victim thing. I tend to, you know, I tend to like, you know, it's not being the doormat. You surrender, you're a doormat. Mm. I don't know. There's this, and it's a fine, it's a fine distinction. Maybe surrender is lives within trust, like radical, because there, there's a component of that. There must be like, you have to give something up in order to allow that to happen. And I don't, and I, it's, it's semantic giving something up, not as in like, you know, I think you know what, what I'm referring to, but it's not like a, a victim giving up, but rather a responsible, like this doesn't serve. And in order to create what I want, I must, you know, do away with this or. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say it's like a join the other person's research. Like, so it's like research I'd actually like to share because I was having a conversation with a woman that attended one of the ETBs. She's living here in Tulum as well. And she's having a lot of trouble with her, uh, you know, with her partner. And 
the experiment that I proposed was um, to give your strat, show show your strategy. Meaning, uh, relationships are often seen as uh, a, a, a competitive. So you think about on a football field, like they're, you're on opposite sides of the field and you have your strategy and, you know, they have their strategy and you're trying to like, you know, strategize. And so what happens when you show your strategy is all of a sudden you're on the same side of the field now because you're now you're on the same team. You must be because if you know each other's strategy, you're not competing anymore. So you're and, and then inviting a conversation about the strategy itself. So then now you're really on the same team because now you're literally like some a, a player on the same team and you guys are looking at the strategy and you're talking about it and so that's uh, it's almost like a exercise in I, I, I don't like to call it humiliation but like you just like humiliate yourself like say which is like about humbling like here's here's what I'm planning here's what I was going to do to you what do you think about it thank you <clears throat> And Chloe, what about you? I want to say two things. One is that I did quit my job and bought a plane ticket to New Zealand on a moment of ecstasy. And so I followed the instruction in the book. And here I am. Uh, and the other thing is I... I was there, I think I was part of the study group for maybe the first 10 weeks really there every day. And then I, I stopped coming and I had this question about, okay, why, why can't, why don't I want to come? And, and there was um, one part that I, I needed to like, what is written in the book? I needed to find my own words and my own exploration of it and so I held my own space kind of diving into the same domain but with with my own stories and my own perspective on it and being here in this group then it was this like that's not mine and I, I I needed I needed it to be mine for a while and so I think this really second part of the coronavirus it was it was about finding myself like finding my space holding and 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 those distinction and and the work and and I found it quite interesting. I didn't know where we were in the book, and and here I am starting the extraordinary, um, and I'm feeling pretty excited about that. Uh, I think I think my experience of the work in possibility management is that we have a lot of maps for the ordinary because this is where we are and, and and often we this is where we're stuck and so we need to create new maps and new distinction and processes and practices to go through it and then and I, and I think actually there's there's a lot more maps and distinction and processes and practices and ways to be in the extraordinary and the archetypal that we haven't had the space to research because we're stuck at the ordinary and so I'm this book is it's like 15 years old I think and and I think we've learned a lot in the extraordinary and the archetypal and I'm I I want to be part of that research and and keep exploring yeah thank you
I, I just keep, I want to hear from everybody, you know, in the next few, like Leslie, Leslie, what about you? Uh, <clears throat> thanks. I am, uh, I just keep running into um, my gremlin and the impacts of my gremlin and uh, it's painful and uh, I'm, all, I'm, I'm up for it, but it, there's, there's a lot of um, response coming, ways that I'm responding to the to discovery of saying, you cannot do this. Why don't you just give up now? That kind of, um, you know, like this isn't going where you want it to go. And, and whenever I have a moment of feeling like I am holding space, which I, I can and I do, then I think my gremlin says, okay, you got it now. Whatever you say is gonna, it'll be along the right line. So just free for all. And uh, that's, not, that's not true. So there's a lot of um, yeah, looking at discernment and looking at love and looking at the feedback I'm getting from the people in the groups. Like I feel like some people know me really well already and that's a bit scary. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've been on the call. I've Sorry. been on the call since day one. And when it showed up on my Facebook events, I was ecstatic. Um, in March, what we had been in lockdown for a couple months or a month, a little over a month. And I felt my, my body and my brain were like mush and I was going into really terrible place for myself. Um, didn't have anything I could hold on to. Didn't have anything consistent. I didn't have community. Just um, so when this showed up, it gave me life for, a, for you know, weeks. Every week I, I could trust that you all would be here, that we would read a book. <laughs> Um, I feel sadness about and joy about that. Like that, it was a consistent presence. It was a like a guidepost. It was something that I could every Monday. So I think it helped me cope with the loss of like what life was and. My intellectual body just dived right in. Like it fed that part of myself that was really not having anything. I mean, other than like, you know, going on Netflix or Hulu, like it got, it fed my brain in a way that I needed. And so I dived deep and hard and did all the things and like practiced and like I was, you know, looking for that structure. And, and I did it. And I did it excellently. And then, and then. <laughs> What I really, then the next step of what I needed was to let it all go, to drop it and come into my energetic body with it. So that's where I'm at now, where the intellectual pursuit is actually pisses me off, makes me angry. Questions about understanding. I'm like, fuck understanding. 
So even as I hear you speak, Clinton, and I hear you all speak, I'm, I'm, I'm not all there because I know, like, I want, I want it in my body. It's different. It's a different place. And, um, and I'm really grateful where I'm at now. Um, but I needed, I needed this. I needed this back in March and April and May and June and July and through the summer. I needed this so much and I needed that deep dive. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful. So thank you. Thank you. Hmm. I, I relate to what you said, Janet. Um, actually, I started crying because I've needed it too. Um, and I've looked forward to it every week just as a way, kind of a reality check for myself. Um, and I've been here from day one and there were maybe one or two times when I couldn't get coverage and I really missed it. But for me, it's really, you know, I'm gonna go back a little bit. I, I was part of a um, Catherine's PM group a couple weeks ago. And well, actually, I think I led that one. And we talked about what our beings were. Calista, you were there. You know, so we, we each spoke about what we saw in each other's beings. And what I, what I know and what I think other people recognize too is that this journey is part of my being and it always has been. And, and so I just I really appreciate having this group to um, continue in that, to be able to express that, that part of my being and, and to learn and, um, and some of the things that, that have happened to me during this time are learning to kind of going within and understanding how I give up my power and stopping it and, and just, you know, I, I made this agreement with Vera to do a process on it and I haven't done it <laughs> and it's okay. And, and I will do it, but it's partially because I'm doing it. I'm doing this process in myself constantly and I'm looking at it and I'm coming out of it. I'm coming out on the other side and I'm seeing a little more clearly about what that process might look like. But I, you know, when I do that process, I want it to be really powerful. And I'm, I realize I'm getting ready to do it soon, but I haven't been ready. It's been, I don't know how long when I made that agreement. Um, but I want you to know it's still there. And, and, so, and so for me, it's just really about, um, yeah, it's, it's been about, knowing what works for me in when we talk about things, I take what, what works for me and then I can leave behind what doesn't work for me. I don't have to swallow the whole pill like you were saying, Aunt Chloe, it's um, this isn't my work and yet I love the work and yet, and so I can take what works for me and what I need. 
And I also want to say one other thing. I have more voices in my head than, I don't know, maybe all of you. <laughs> and they're, they're awful voices. They're hurtful voices. And, um, and so I, oh, I just really need the reminder to catch those voices. And, and I have been. I have been. I, I, I'm doing better. Let me, just say, let me just say that. So I really appreciate this group. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say a short behind the scenes story because sometimes, you know, it's Monday comes around and, and Chloe and I were in some airport and we're running through the airport to find some cafe that we can jack into their Wi-Fi, slam open the computer, you know, and put up, you know, open the Zoom call just in time, like 30 seconds before we're supposed to go online, you know, or, or we're at some some overnight hotel, the Wi-Fi, we have no idea what it's going to be, or it's so bad that, you know, we have to have Shannon and Phyllis read the book because nobody can hear us, you know, and it's like, it's been a great team effort. It's really been wonderful. And, uh, but also one of these kind of like 007 spy adventures, we have to run through places and try to set up things and make it work. <laughs> That's a behind the scenes thing. Ethna, you should say something. Sorry, could not get myself unmuted. Hmm. Yeah, uh, coming on these calls was actually how I got introduced to the PM world. Uh, Devin is my housemate and he invited me to these calls back in, I think, May or June. And yeah, just reflecting back, like this has been probably the most impactful thing I've ever done for myself. Um, it has radically shifted the way that I'm able to relate to people, both in my community and in my life in general. Um, it's allowed me to like heal old hurts that I didn't even know were there. And yeah, I've met people in this community that have held space and helped facilitate so much growth for myself. And it is just, it's overwhelming to think about sometimes um, just how much I've gotten from this group and how beholden I feel why to it. Yes, no, why is it overwhelming? It's overwhelming because it's so much so fast. I think of the person that I was um, even before COVID started back in March, and I feel shocked at the, at the rate of transformation in myself. And it scares me. It scares me that I can, that it takes so little for me to change so radically. But I'm also so, so glad that it has been changing. Thank you. All right, Devin, the finger's at you. Okay, I, uh, let's see. I felt touched uh, listening to Ethna there. I feel there have been different points where different people have been on this call from my house and um, <clears throat> it 
just fucking awesome. It's just fucking awesome. I discovered this. I discovered this uh, group because I was going on really long walks because I was depressed and I was listening to podcasts and I was listening to Oprah. And then I remembered this uh, guy that I used to read his books uh, named Clinton Callahan. So I typed his name into the podcast thing and this showed up and um, yeah, it feels like something is waking up in me that has not been alive in a couple of years uh, a, uh, a like like hunger absolute uh, oh, dissatisfaction with certain types of connections so is so loud and um, just coming into contact with on the one hand how very easy it is to get to the connection I really crave and also in this world it's not easy at all it's so so freaking hard because of the crap that's um built in me and okay i'll just share one little vignette of something that felt like a huge success for me which was um i've had this question of how do i carry the culture with me everywhere because the moment i step into a space out there oh man it's just i'm uh, it's like all the buttons flip on that uh, of like, this is how I go into a grocery store. This is how I talk to some, all this stuff. And one little micro thing that I started playing with was when I listened to someone saying, thank you for sharing, which is something we do in this group. And, uh, and the other day I was at work and I was having a tough day. And this guy that I've become friends with, Aza, asked me, um, how's it going? And I just decided to open up to him for whatever reason. And I've been saying this thing, thank you for sharing to him over and over. And he's not even a native English speaker. And he just looks at me after I shared and said, uh, thank you for sharing. And it fucking blew my mind. It was just like, there it is. There's how it starts. The little, that's the cultural shift like happening before my eyes. And um, I love you all. Oh my God. It, yeah. All right. So someone else gets to speak. Thank you. <laughs> I want to hear from Nicole. I was just sort of thinking I might be next because um, I'm remembering this one time where I just started talking without knowing what I was going to say and it was about what I was scared about and I was scared about falling in love with Devin and and it's I I can see it so much more clearly now because I think that the longing in me for the love that I came here for has has been has been weighed down by all all the gravity of 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 being human and and there's been this part of me though that knew that love was flying like it was about learning how to fly and and um and i've been i've been experimenting with flying for a long time and i've got scars and stories you know to fill the ocean and you know it's mary poppins umbrella is is is, is not a thing you guys and and yet there's this been this like 
we can fly. I know it. Um, and, and now I, I've been coming since I think like the, maybe the second or third call and, and, you know, like you, so many of you here have seen me like, you know, like, like, like stumbling and falling and, 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 and replaying those loops of like the responsible victim and I can't do this because, and, and, and I've done so often the opposite of what, of what Clinton suggested of, of what seemed like the, you know, the right thing. And um, I've mostly during these weeks been like shut away in my room and letting, letting the change that I've been working for 10 years to make happen out there in the world just happen in me. And I am so flying in love with you all. And I, I'm so scared. So scared because like the, the power and the light of the star that I can sense that I'm becoming just, I'm so scared. But I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I am so in it with you and you know I might be all alone here in Calgary but I'm not alone because because Possibilica is happening in each of our bubbles and and we're just the light is like growing and glowing and being in these golden cubes with you on zoom is like I I I I, Mondays are my favorite days. Thank you. Thank you. Couple more minutes, anybody else? Yeah, Nicole, we're all afraid of falling in love with Devin. <laughs> it's too late. It's late. Devin's the reason I'm here. Also, he started telling me about lab and ETB four years ago. And actually, it's the reason I moved from Southern California to Seattle and kind of blew my life up and in a good way. And uh, I just feel so grateful to. I feel like I didn't really ever understand what it, what this is until now. And like almost on a daily basis, like it's like, oh, wait, that's what that means? Like to work on your gremlin or why you would want to work on your gremlin. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just really grateful, Clinton, that you take the time to do this and provide this uh, friend finder network for us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Calista. You can do it. Don't panic. <laughs> yeah. 
for the last few years, I have taken Expand the Box a couple of times in several labs, and there would be time periods in between. And it would be, but having this weekly and having Rage Club and, and the building from has, has been a wonderful hobby. It's a daily, uh, it's a life every day in me. It's studying, thinking, writing, and just want to say I'm so grateful and it's, uh, it's happening. <laughs> and I so appreciate everyone in the, that we meet here and in different groups. Love everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Would like to say hello to short audience. Um, did you leave with the same? Because yeah, I didn't. Who's talking? Can you get or get close to the mic, please? The mic, please. Can you hear me? Barely. Get closer. Get closer. I, I, okay, I try like this. It's good like this? Yeah. Can yeah. you hear better? Okay. Um, I just wanted to say hello because, yeah, I said I'm sort of, I feel connected and still I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed because for several times I've not been joining the online study group. And, um, but I feel connected because I'm, feel in touch with all these issues. I'm in Glarisek st still. And for example, we're doing this 333 angle work with, that Martin initiated, or um, I'm really excited. <laughs> the moment I was like um, deciding that I, that I want to show up now, I'm, I really felt my heart beating strongly. Um, I'm a little bit, yeah, I'm so, sort of sorry that I, that I didn't continuously join this, this group, but still I feel I'm, I'm doing the same work, but in a, in a very particular way, something like this. And I'm now in this situation, finally, that I can travel to Hong Kong on Saturday. So it's another five days in here. And it took a lot of, lot of, lot of efforts to achieve the, the visa, the, all this Corona stuff, and when I have, when I be there, I will have to, uh, to um, um, yeah, I will be in quarantine for two weeks in a hotel that I have to pay. So it's it's an experience I never had. So I'm really sort of looking forward to it with a lot of fear, but also excitement. And it will give me a lot of space and time to, to for example, next time be totally part of the group, even if it's midnight then. So um, life is incredibly exciting for me in the moment and I'm, but I'm getting a lot of support. This is what I feel. I, something I didn't mention. So I'm also part of this trainer guild support group. And I had fantastic um, meetings with uh, like spaces with uh, Jordis. So just wanted to show up and 
I'm a little bit jealous about when you when you're when you're sharing that you met 30 times now and you're so intimate with each other <laughs> and I'm not part of it but still I feel in, in a way I'm still very much connected to all of you yeah that's what I want to share let that be the final words for this evening I want to thank you so much for your sharing and being here and for making it to the level up situation where you enter the extraordinary together I look forward to next week. I'm I'm sad to not have heard from everybody at the same time. I look forward to hearing from you next time. So keep practicing. Have a great time. Upgrade your thoughtware. See you later. Bye bye, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.